Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Very Hicken Bureau's podcast. This is episode six of season four. And this is the special episode where we finally have all four of the team members here. And we'll introduce Kyler to Nick for the first time. How are you guys doing? I'm doing just fine today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, how, how, how about the rest of us here? Trevor and Kyler? Doing well. How about you, Trevor? Worked like 10 and a half hours, so I'm doing well. Don't know how you do it. Nice. How about you, Alex? What's up? I'm feeling pretty good. I went to sleep last night at 7, a, basically 7.30 or so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a pretty good night's rest. What, what time do you normally go to bed? <laughs> uh, usually late, between like 10 and... I'm trying to stabilize my sleep, <laughs> hmm. but I don't know, it's kind of hard. So I'll introduce Kyler. Trevor uh, met Kyler way back in the heyday of Google+. Plus. You remember those days? <laughs> I don't know if Nick remembers him. <laughs> I remember hearing about him, but I'm like, okay, well, this is just another Google project. Let's wait. Let's see how this plays out. Hmm, oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> but I know I know you did a lot of stuff on it. Like you actually used it, right? So ob- obviously it's, it uh, helped spawn this friendship between you. So Google Plus wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Google Plus died though, so. Hmm. It kind of lives on in Google Currents right now. But yeah. Kyler was very involved in the technology community and he helped develop uh, Android uh, ROMs and apps and helped further the effort of theming and he's made some icon packs and stuff so yeah and he also produces music I sent you some of his music I think yeah it's always cool to see other people in our sphere doing stuff like that so yeah you know I don't know you too well, but it sounds like you're somebody who has stuff to talk about when it comes to um, the Hicken Brothers podcast. So, be fun to chat. Hey, man. Do you want to introduce Nick, Trevor? Yeah, um, this is Nick. Uh, he loves to go on walks on the beach. Um, okay, this is not... Okay, well, thank you for... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's inter- interested in me in that way. Come on. Just... No, but yeah, really long walks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like five mile walks, maybe six. Um, <laughs> this is when you tell him how hot I am. Come on, what? Oh yeah, and he has um, luscious long hair and wears leather jackets. Um, has expensive cameras. Uh, yeah, he, he loves Mac products. So, yes, he. Did. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how he can't. Oh my god, he can't not like him. I was gonna say. I'm the only one here who's like super into Apple stuff, except for Trevor spent like more money than me on a fucking yeah, desktop. Yeah, I use it. It's like that he never uses. So, but yeah, <laughs> boom, um, thank you for the introduction. So. That's, that's honestly super accurate. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he's always uh, up for a fun time. So, <laughs> hmm. You know, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, and he uses his really expensive cameras uh, professionally. He's <laughs> he's uh, really oh good God. at photography. He doesn't just own a really expensive 
cameras. <laughs> I'm working on it. You know, yeah, I like, to, I, like, I like to call myself a professional, which justifies the equipment. Um, I sometimes do get paid for it, so that's true. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. I, I do that. And I, I make music for fun, but mostly I'm the photo, video, multimedia, technology enthusiast guy. Yeah, we have a song that we're going to share of Nick's and super rough, like shot this out in one evening kind of thing. Not not a really a finished song, but uh huh. Yeah, but we plan to talk about it at the end so we could transition well and he'll listen to the whole song at the end of the podcast. Okay, well it's good that we're all introduced. <laughs> Glad that we can all chat with each other now as equals. <laughs> I started or I didn't start, but I joined this audio community app called Wisdom. They actually emailed me and said, uh, you want to be a top mentor? And yeah, they wanted me to contribute be and kind of coach people and doing crafts and share my expertise. And yeah, I think on Kyler's first episode on, I told him that they approached me. Is this, when it says audio community, is that like, because I don't know anything about this, is this audio as in a community about audio things or in like a community where you talk about things on audio? Yeah, it will be an app. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, it so this is, is not like about audio production. This is like about anything else that you guys are chatting about on audio. You're speaking to each other. Yeah. So like Clubhouse kind of. Yeah, but it's kind of. It was like uh, each person, like the top mentors, have like profiles and you could ask them a question and you could have like a audio conversation about uh, that and it'll be live streamed kind of. It's, it says that this content may change without notice and the final product may be different. So I think they're still designing the app right now to make it fit what they want to but they plan to release it to the public on the 30th of september Hmm. um their pitch is it's a tool where you could get direct advice to questions from um experts but you're doing this like via an audio response as opposed to just submitting a question on a forum and getting a type out response yeah it'll be audio Hmm. i wonder if that's valuable to people I mean, to some it might be, but I wonder if there if there's enough value in that to make people want. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, a lot of times, I, there's articles I'm about to read, and I think it's going to be, oh, I can read this article, but really, it's just an article with a link to a YouTube video, and I go, no, I don't have the time for this. I just want to get the answer. So I wonder if people yeah. are really. Is there a demand enough for like these personalized audio responses? It's like, oh, let me let me ask for a voicemail from you. I thought we were kind of over that. <laughs> yeah, there's Reddit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, some people have, like, videos, like, oh, just look up the video and get the recipe from there. Like, no, <laughs> it's, it'll be a lot easier if you just write it out. Or just <laughs> no, I want you to specifically speak it to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to follow the recipe from a video. <laughs> well, I mean, but, I would make fun of that, but I watch cooking videos, too. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one thing that's cool is that uh, top mentors are paid by the minute that they talk okay i'm suddenly really interested in this yeah i filled out a survey today and it asked oh do you know anybody that you think would fit well and i uh, suggested you if you're interested to be a top mentor 
Oh, I always have a lot to say. Hmm. So, so is this something you've been able to use yet, or is it you're just on a list to use it? I got a survey on Friday, and they sent it to me a few times. And they asked if I wanted to join the beta. So, yeah, I haven't. I may, if I answered the survey earlier, I might get the invite to the beta, but I haven't gotten the beta yet. I guess it wasn't clear to me that this is like a paid thing. So you're, so is it really more about asking experts for their, like, for basically a service, like a consultation when you have a, a question, they're yeah. going to respond and then somehow they get paid for that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a little more interesting then, yeah. <laughs> At first it just sounded kind of like Clubhouse or this Twitter thing where you can just kind of, call, you know, call and respond, but... Um, you know, that's a little more interesting. I guess they have to find people who are credentialed enough in these different areas to be able to provide responses worth paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, wisdom. You could look it up, but uh, wisdom. There's a lot of apps called wisdom, so I don't know how good that <laughs> app is called as wisdom. But if you do like wisdom column audio community, you go there and find you could pre order it. Hmm. But yeah. It's available. It's on the iOS or Apple app store. I guess they don't have any plans for Android. <laughs> it seems like it's just... I think they saw on the website that they have it for Android also. We're good. Wouldn't be a huge surprise. I know some apps like tend to start on iOS and then eventually they'll, they'll, they'll develop an Android version once the iOS one's been like rooted and is working. I think it's on Android. Well, that'd be good. I mean, aren't you, you guys are all Android people, so <laughs> hopefully that they do that. Alex isn't an Android person. I thought he was like a wrist-wearing phone person. He was. Whatever happened to yeah. that? Yeah, but it broke. Aw. I really like that phone. <laughs> you watch like a YouTube videos and stuff on like a screen that's like a one-inch or like one-and-a-half-inch uh, diagonal. <laughs> Kyler, uh, I saw that Virtual Riot is coming out with a new album. How's that going? Yeah, I'm really excited. It's been a really long time since he's released any music. Aside from that song he released from Modestep recently. Um, It's coming out September 10th. And there was an Instagram. uh, like They did a a live video, like question and answer. But I was at work, so I didn't get a chance to see it. But I'm really excited. Did they put out any samples or? Uh, I don't think there's EPs? any previews yet. He has it. He is gonna release a new song. I think on this Friday. So I'm very. Oh, excited. nice. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. What kind of music is uh, it? Dubstep, melodic, dubstep. Hmm. Yeah, he's really talented. He was one of the first uh, people to introduce a VST called Serum. Uh, he released an album, an EP, I mean, shoot, I think it was called the Nightmares EP. And in that EP, there was a song called Warm Ups where the sub bass was linked to the pitch and volume. And people didn't know how he did that. And it was Serum. So uh, pretty cool. Anyways. So he's like a, pi- a pioneering user of that? Or is it something he actually develops? Steve Duda made, made Serum. Uh, he's an audio engineer and uh, software developer. He, he just made it, I, I believe. Him and like a small team. But Virtual Riot, yeah, I guess you could say he's a pioneer. I mean, he's always doing new things with it. Always innovating. 
but I'm sure it's got to be a, a combination of, of course, serum and different different effects and such. You know, compressors, flangers, phasers. Hmm. Yeah, I always kind of wonder. Uh, I, I guess dubstep itself is still popular with a lot of people. It but... is, and it's still evolving. Yeah, I, I remember associating it with being kind of a like it had kind of po- you know, mass popularity within the public for a certain number of years. Like I want to say what two thousand nine through Skrillex. twelve, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of faded from like popular, at least popular music in general, as sort of dance electronic pop did. But um, I'm sure I, I just call it, always assumed there was a, a community of people who were still still creating it and listening to it. Oh yeah. Did you explore any? dubstep nick in your music exploration <laughs> uh i don't know you know to be honest i never <laughs> i've never I, back in the day when it was super popular i didn't understand it because i always heard whatever the dubstep you know it, was, it, was, it always sounds like it's leading up to a big drop and then me being me i expect like a massive euro dance like anthem going on and then it just drops into like this dubstep drop and it's just not i'm always like what is this the floor fell out from under me but um, so and it wasn't like wasn't my favorite genre, but I, it was super popular. And I, I do I, I can actually appreciate the drums the most. I think I think there's lots of interesting percussion things happening. Like the way people program drums and dubstep can be really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you make any of that, Kyler? Like, is that something? Is that a genre that you care enough about to make yourself, or is that not something that you do yourself? Um, I've experimented with it, and I continuously mess with sound design <laughs> in different ways to make it. So so yes. I guess we can all be influenced by things. Yeah. You know, even if we're not making something specific, you know, you can listen to something and then you might take an aspect of that and apply it to whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, Nick has one song that has a little, like, hint of dubstep in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the middle part, I was just like, you know, why don't we just... It, because it fit, I was like, hey, we'll do that. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super against it. I think I've grown more appreciative of it now i think maybe it was just you know, being a surly high schooler i was like yeah whatever dubstep but you know now that i hear it like if i were to try to make it i would realize how difficult it is to actually make a good dubstep music so i think that's why i've grown a better appreciation for it hmm. okay trevor yeah so um you said it says here that you have a uh, something to talk about the steam deck that valve is making um do you what's up with that oh yeah so i like the steam deck as an idea it's a switch kind of device where uh it's portable and it plays a bunch of games um but their um, approach to it is that they want it to be able to play um all the steam library at uh 30 frames per second what? and I'm like wow that's insane 30 yeah that sounds unlikely okay yeah th- yeah <laughs> Like, there's no way you can play freaking DCS or something on that. Something, like, super crazy intensive, <laughs> <laughs> let alone at a stable frame rate. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they lower the resolution to, like, 640 by 480 or something. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a goal. Uh, that's but funny, But they... Did they actually say that somewhere? Yeah, it's in this article. What? Ars te- hmm. Technica. You think that they would be more technical? Like, they, you think they would know not to say that? But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the approach to uh, attain this goal is um, instead of having it built upon like a standard built Debian OS, they are um, starting with uh, instead Arc Linux, which is a way more customized uh, to equipment 
desktop environment well not the environment kernel plus everything else i messed around with linux a while so arc linux basically you compile everything from scratch to the hardware so i could see how it would be on like the bleeding edge yeah so to uh, also um, be able to play like non-native Linux games, they're putting a compatibility layer on it called Proton. Um, <laughs> Fuck Proton. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I think uh, Slack, things like Slack, like I don't know if you guys use Slack for messaging in the workplace, but it's like a it's like social media basically for like work situations, and like we have Slack at work, and the app is. It's like slow and clumsy, so I'm pretty sure it's a Proton app, but it, I guess the whole point of that technology later, right, is to ma- basically write once and then have it compiled to a bunch of different platforms. Yeah, so I'm not sure like how uh, similar it is to what you use in some of your apps at work. At the, at the end of this article, they said, to provide 100% of the Steam library playable at 30 plus frames per second, <laughs> Valve will need to continually provide custom-tuned and custom-integrated versions of the latest software throughout the entire SteamOS stack, and that is very much Arch Linux strength. I suppose it might be possible. I mean, if they just, like, lower the settings far enough and everything is, you know, you can just keep turning things down until eventually you hit 30 frames per second. You know, at what cost? I don't know, but it might be possible, technically. That's true, yeah. I mean, you might not have, like, the greatest visuals or, like, the smoothest... uh, transitions or anything animations that steam deck looks pretty interesting though i I was kind of interested in it Uh, not necessarily even for gaming but just as an interesting uh form factor for a pc because you could install windows on it and use it for all kinds (laughs) of stuff i guess you know what i mean like you could use it for i don't know like i'm thinking like because i always relate to my own experiences you could probably tether to it with USB-C cable from your camera in the field and you could have like a a monitor or maybe for like a video monitors all different things you could do having a pc that's pretty fast and being that small and battery powered yeah and one thing like um arc linux is known for is um i guess the main reason they want it is for rolling updates if anyone's familiar with that Rolling updates is basically you don't have to like reinstall whole OS just for an update, like an incremental update from like 11 to 12 or something. Basically, it's just like the updates, instead of a huge update, it updates each component like one at a time when it's needed. Oh, so nice. Ev- every component that is needed just updates when it's available. So you don't need a rehaul like an entire OS update just to have the latest. Yeah, that'd be ideal because I have Linux Mint and I have to update it for this new brand new operating system when it's just the next Linux Mint. I think some other systems like Android and iOS and I think, I don't know about Windows, I think OS 10 or not OS 10, Mac OS, all these different systems, uh, they've been doing Delta updates for a while, haven't they? Where they you only download the, the changes to the OS and it applies to that? Yeah, it's a similar idea. Um, but you still have to like install a whole like system, right? Like for an update um, change from like 12 to 13. 
Well, yeah, I guess if you're going from like a whole version, maybe, I, I don't know, specifically for that, it might be a bigger update, yeah. But I'm just thinking about smaller updates where some other systems, I, like I say, I assume Android probably has been on this longer than anything else, but Android, iOS, those things have probably been, they don't want you to download a whole gigabyte or two of software if you don't have to. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was super interesting because I haven't seen any other like big company actually uh use arch linux everyone else uses debian because it's like stable and well known um it's an older approach because usually debian takes a few years just to have a uh, i guess a stable version and then everyone else is already <laughs> using like the betas because they have the latest kernels and stuff that are available well, people use Linux for a lot of different reasons. Some people are just enthusiasts, but some people really do use it for pretty high, high-end work. So I think for those people, they're probably using versions they know are as stable as possible versus other people who are just into it because they want, you know, they don't care. It has to be 100% stable. They just want the newest things. So obviously, things uh, it's going to depend what you're doing with your computer. Yeah. It dep- I guess um, for their needs for gaming, I guess it's fine. Yeah, we'll see how successful this whole thing gets. I kind of, I'm interested in it just because I like the idea of something that focuses a little bit more on, you know, higher end specs and you know, a uh, a more PC like experience. But I, I'm wondering if it's, I wonder how successful it'll be. How many people who maybe place who can play PC games and they decide to get this as their on the go thing. I think I think a lot of people who buy one of these will probably already have a Switch. I don't think it's going to take any sales away. It's really, you know, something that you get because you want to play more games on the go where you have extra money to burn you love playing video games well i mean most people already have a steam library so this is like oh wait i now now i don't have to be on my computer i could like take it on the road on the bus or whatever yeah that's true to me i don't know i don't like the design of it personally it looks very clunky and just kind of uncomfortable but sure i mean if you're just really into playing at that price point too it's probably partially designed for a price point you know they want to make it not insanely expensive so i think certain in terms of materials and details there's only so much they can do if they want to hit i honestly forget what it is it's like four or five hundred bucks or something yeah yeah so do they have a timeline for the release of this or just uh i think it's supposed to come out like either end of year or start of 2022 somewhere between then exciting with all the shortages happening everywhere I'm, I'm hoping that they get you know i'm hoping they're able to ship it in qu- enough quantity at least get some of them out there all different things are having it's a difficult time right now for different companies to ship their products mm-hmm. yeah just gathering up enough chips to have anything <laughs> so nick uh, do you want to talk about the new foldable devices before you talk about your song I guess I would just touch on it. I saw that Samsung released some new foldable phones, and I thought they were... Hey, I mean, everybody knows that I don't really have much ni- many nice things to say about Samsung phones, but <laughs> I, I do admire that they're really going... They're, this is, what, the third, third iteration of some of these folding devices. I think that's kind of cool. I think, honestly, I like seeing these folding things. and Whether they're actually great phones or not, I honestly can't say. I've never used one. But they just remind me of... 
you know, when you look, sometimes there are certain things that feel like the future to me. I don't know. When I first, like, there's many experiences, but for, like, one of them, for instance, was when I had a, my first video call on a phone out off of Wi-Fi. I was just out in the middle of, you know, the street or somewhere, and I just called somebody on FaceTime, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is sort of like, well, we finally have this technology, which I've seen in movies before. I feel like these folding phones are kind of like that. It's like we have these devices that seemed so futuristic before, and now they're real in in this way. So I think I love that idea of just having these things exist. And I think it's interesting that they're kind of pushing these. I know that normally wouldn't the Galaxy Note be updated, but I don't think they did this time. They pretty much focused on these folding devices. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're hoping that these become just more accepted by people and they keep gaining sales. I did see that isn't the price for one of them like 1700 bucks or something, so it's Man. I would say it's kind of a lot to swallow. It's a lot of money, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if that's going to be super mainstream, but there, you know, there's still there's a contingent of people who are willing to spend yep. essentially anything or you know, spend a hundred dollars a month or whatever it costs to buy one. So I thought it was it's kind of cool. It's interesting to see this happen when the, when the foldable phones first started coming out. People were saying, uh, you know, it's a gimmick or okay, it's cool you can do this, but most people don't want or need these. But Samsung's been iterating on this for now for a couple of years, so I think it's I'm curious to see where it goes if people continue to like them, you know. Just me being me, yeah, if, if it runs Android, I'm not going to probably be interested or buy it, but I think it's awesome that it exists, so I'm, I'm kind of curious. I, I hope that enough people buy them that it keeps it going. It just reminds me of old flip phones, reminds me of my the Game Boy Advance SP, the DS, reminds me of all this foldable technology that we've had that was great, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of fun. What do you guys think about foldable phones? Is it something that you're, you'd be interested in at all, or is it just something that you set away for a good enough device where then you'd be interested in it? Yeah, Trevor and I went to a Best Buy recently, and we were able to look at it. You want to talk? You have anything to say about it, Trevor? Um, I wanted to, I tested on a few things, and I thought it worked well enough for everything. It seemed like it wasn't too like quickly put together. I had one thing that was kind of interesting in how it worked. Like I opened up like an app in the folded area and I wanted to see if it continue on in the non-folded like when it's closed and it worked on maps because I wanted to see if like okay maybe if I open up the map by app I want to see how my directions how to get somewhere and then like navigate and flip flip it on to like phone mode it still worked so it still showed like the mini window there so it's worked fine enough um Hmm. But it looked nice, like everything, the notch is super small, and the neck, like the one it had, the Fold 2. So, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I don't know if I'd like, invest, if I didn't have like a laptop or like a iMac, or like if I didn't have a second device, I probably would get it. Like if I just had one device, like I could use it for a tablet, a phone, but yeah, I don't necessarily need it like i wouldn't see myself gaming with it unless i was like a huge gamer and i want like a huge screen for like i don't know if there's any games i'd want to play on it i'm not sure yeah yeah i like the idea of it having multiple devices in one my computer is kind of dying (laughs) the mic the yeah the mic doesn't sound good unless I use my actual mic and the battery's dead. <laughs> oh. If I replace, if I can replace my uh, 
my phone and my laptop and with just a, a foldable device that'd be kind of cool and what is it called like samsung there's like a dock thing that you could use to put the screen onto the a monitor that'd be cool, cool to use that but uh, i'm kind of more curious to see bigger form factors with this i think it's the, the devices <laughs> they've had so far are cool but i you know like i have the big fatty ipad and be, to me it's interesting to think of <laughs> like a, something that's like you know tw- 9, 10, 12 inches that can unfold into something, you know, as big as a magazine. Like, that would be an interesting creative tool because you could use it as a laptop maybe and then instead of, you could just pick up a pen and start, you know, retouching photos or something uh, on the bottom part of the display that would, you know, not need to be a keyboard because you're using it as a display. So, I, I don't know. I think that's, I'm curious if anybody tries to make that mainstream, but I don't know. I'm I kind of I'm a little jealous over here here using my iPhone while these other people have their cool photo, folding phones. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few <laughs> laptops that do have um, like double touch screens, not completely foldable. I don't think, but like the bezels between them are so thin that you could use them as like one giant screen. But the bottom screens. Like, yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, there's one or two of them around. Who made it? I can't remember. It's probably like um I think Asus Lenovo maybe made it. Or Lenovo. Yeah, one of those two companies. Same thing, right? Um Yeah. <laughs> well, you know if Apple comes out with them, I'll probably just just set fire to my wallet and I'll have one on my desk here. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be like four thousand yeah. dollars for like the base model or something. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I think yeah, I think a tablet that goes into a laptop would be like amazing because we already have that concept with the four in ones, the um, what do they call them? Uh, the yogas, like those are like kind of the original like ones that like oh it's a tablet and a laptop. Like, is it though? Like, or is it just a touchscreen? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess that's true. I don't know. I'm kind of. It's funny when I first saw they were making with the iPad. They made that. 13 inch one it, it, the original models just felt like a really huge ipad and then i ended up getting one and i kind of lo- like you get used to whatever size you're using right so now now all the smaller ones seem like mini size ones compared to the bigger one <laughs> and now i'm thinking wow it'd be great to have a 15 or 16 or 17 inch ipad or whatever um and so you know i think that there's there's enough there is a market in most places for different size of these devices whether it's a tablet that turns into a laptop or just a really huge tablet uh, I don't know if that's you know super mainstream, but I I think there's there are definitely ni- you know there's different niches and niches niches within the within the market for these different sizes. So Kylie, what are your thoughts about folding devices? I uh, I think they're neat. I haven't seen one in person yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I did, I would definitely go mess with it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen one in person either. I've seen tons of stuff about them online, but I haven't been into like an electronics store in a super long time. So, uh, and nobody I know has one of them. So, I guess yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see one too. I just from what I've seen, it looks cool, but I, I guess I would want to see it in person too, just to see if it actually looks as cool in person as it does <laughs> theoretically. Yeah, I think the people that own one should understand that they're on the cutting edge and the, so they shouldn't expect like perfect product and like there's, there's going to be a seam in the middle and stuff 
I mean, I want to believe that, but you got to know there's tons of people with more money than brains who are just going to buy whatever looks cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see, I got to, I mean, I see people all the time who have like a $1,500 iPhone or Android phone and they're like asking me, oh, how do, how do I email this picture to you? And I'm like, well, let me show you. Uh, you just press this button and that button. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's the great equalizer, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But it's a conversation for a different time, I guess. Uh-huh. So let's talk about your new song. This it's not a complete song, but uh, nah, it's just like a like a sketch. Yeah, you called it paradise, and it talks about paradise in an interesting way. But I want to you focus a lot on your vocals. Um, how do you feel about uh, singing and the song? I'm not a very confident vocalist, but um, for, you know, just spending like an hour laying that down as an idea, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I w- <laughs> if I could literally have anything in the world, I would probably forget, I'd probably forego riches and just wish for a super awesome singing voice, which I don't really have. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I'll forever wish that I was a really good singer, but with enough processing and just kind of general stuff, I can bang out a demo and make it all right. Yeah, it's cool. It shows your passion for singing. You're kind of like a, a soloist kind of. Yeah, it's fun. I feel like I'd if I had be the same wish, I'd probably do the same. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely a great... Because if you think of all the other things that you could ask for, like, yeah, if you could wish for riches or fame or whatever, yeah, you could probably ask for that. But I think getting a talent like that or having a voice... Because partially I feel like it's talent and partially it's skill. Some people innately are just have a great timbre to their voice. Um, and that's what they're, you know, physically that they, they, they produce a sound that is just really pleasing to hear. Mm-hmm. And then a, a big part of that's also skill. You know, so a vocalist has to train. And depending on what genre is singing, that's more or less. But, you know, everybody can probably learn to be a decent singer. But you, you can still only use the equipment that you have in your body so some people are just blessed with those incredible tones that other people don't have and we, we have to just accept that for ourselves but for the people who are uh who do happen to have those incredible the incredible biology that lets them sound beautiful that's really great for them yeah i think this song is uh interestingly composed because it the melody is um depicted in your voice and how you sing it's not as much in the percussion and the other instruments um your melody and syncopation has a very distinct style in your music i noticed uh, is it do you think it's your style that you made the melody or is it kind of influenced by something else i'm sure it's influenced by tons of stuff i mean everything that we make if you're an artist who makes anything you're influenced by whatever you've looked at and whatever you've heard so I can't, I will not say that I'm not influenced by anything because of course, I mean, you know, no idea, no idea is really that original. Um, I feel like I listen, when I make pop music like that, it's going to sound like pop music from 2011 because I listened to a whole lot of dance pop in that era. <laughs> so that's probably what, you know, if I live, it's everything, of course, it's not super original. Um, but I guess, you know, but there's also an aspect that is whoever's making it does show through a little bit. So maybe I, maybe I like that kind of sound. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mostly just listen to, I make music that reminds me of the times that I enjoyed and the music I listened to. So for me, that's like trashy pop music from 2006 <laughs> or 2013. Um, 
which other people might not care about at all. So that's, you know, that's just, you know, everybody has different genres they like. Of course, I love metal and I love symphonic music, so I, I do that kind of stuff too. But for this kind of electro pop, I, I think it probably just it probably sounds similar to something you'd hear on older albums like that. Can you think of an artist or a song that sounds similar to this type of style of music or song? Uh, I mean, not particular. There's other songs that I have that I've done that, that I could show you that are blatantly in the style of someone else. But this one's just kind of a general, just super generic electro pop. It's not like a, it doesn't have a super specific sound. I think. Um, I think so, sometimes I, I bet if I tried, if I if I recorded it differently and I sang differently stuff, I could probably pull off kind of an '80s dramatic like, sort of dark wave goth pop kind of thing if I if I toned everything down and like really kind of sounded really I can already hear the synths exactly if I could sound even more sad then maybe I could do that but um, I, I try not to sound as sad as I am nobody wants to hear that but it's kind of fun yeah I mean honestly this song like I was thinking the other day and I was like oh I've, I've done some th- this and that I want to well, what do I want to work on today just to as an exercise and then I going through old stuff and I found a song this is super old like I wrote this the reason it sounds so simple and kind of un- different than my other stuff is that um, I wrote it like I don't know 12 13 14 years ago super long time ago it's just this kid I was plucking along on the keyboard so it's like two or three chords and it's super basic but I thought okay maybe I can re-record this and make it into something that you know, it's kind of fun yeah we all know I don't really do anything with the music it's just a hobby so it's just fun to see you know what can I make it sound like so, Kylie, do you have any questions before we go on to the last question about the song? Yeah, which audio program do you, do you use, Nick? I, I use Logic, Logic Pro on a Mac. Cool. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, as much as I'm into it, and I'm, I'm pretty, in, I'm interested in production, but I'm not a super, it's not like I am with photography where I could just, like, I could teach a course on it. With, with audio, I'm really, like, interested in it, but don't have a whole lot of the technique down so I just kind of make things that I think sound like I want it to sound hey, there you go um, but you know it's a lot for me it's just a lot of experimentation I guess if I if I'd put more time in it I'd probably learn I sometimes wonder if I should have gone to school or something for that but never too late uh, <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's true I like that optimism yeah my older brother is going back to school <laughs> really the 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 one the music teacher right yeah he's going to he's working to be a physician's assistant so he's completely wow, changing so, his profession wow <laughs> it's kind of different did you realize there's more money in medicine than music yeah something like yeah, that Yeah, always oversaturation <laughs> starving <laughs> musician <laughs> what do you use usually kyler do you use uh FL. i'm, I'm kind of yeah so i was gonna guess that but i wasn't sure <laughs> how long have you been using that um consecutively or, or altogether uh ooh, six or seven years oh so a while yeah you're then you're pretty well versed there i feel like some of these different apps lend themselves to different things i know a lot of, i mean pro tools being the obvious industry standard but you hear a lot of electronic music being done with like fl or you know there's other software for that and then like a lot of you know live sort of recording like acoustic whatever rock and uh, pro tools logic's used for kind of a little bit of everything i guess but mostly still re- live recording um but i know a lot of electronic stuff is used um, fl and a lot of other apps like that so yeah. i think sometimes i wonder if sometimes the genre you create is really influenced by what software you use or the opposite uh <laughs> zed uses fl 
uh, uh, as somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that it doesn't necessarily impress upon, or it doesn't really force you to make different genres. I think each DAW has its strengths and weaknesses, meaning maybe it's easier to do things in one DAW than it is in another, or maybe one offers different features than the others. Of course, there's differentiated um, programming and VSTs and effects and the way they do stuff. So that changes your workflow. Yeah, I would I would guess that too. You know, I would think that you could probably achieve, if you really wanted to, you could achieve most music in most different DAWs. But mm-hmm. I would guess that certain ones are laid out in a way that make it easier to make certain kinds yes. of music. Yeah, De- definitely. Yeah, I wish I knew more about... Um, yeah, I I know I have a working knowledge of Logic where I can I can get stuff to sound pretty good, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm like I'm, I'm an extreme power user obviously, uh, okay. but it would be really it would be really cool to know to spend the time to learn more about any of these whether it's Pro Tools FL or Logic or whatever, um, just because it's it's kind of incredible what you can do with just one of these apps. I mean, uh, I'm kind of that way in Photoshop. Like I'm I'm skilled enough where I when somebody gives me a challenge and says, Hey, can you do this for me? I'm like, yeah, I know I have, I, I can have five ways to do this and I can do it in 15 minutes. Hey, that's cool. um, but I'm not like, I don't know. Like I said, it's, I think it's when, when you're self-taught to do a certain kind of thing, you probably just learn what you need to learn to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. How did you learn how to use what you use? Um, time and YouTube videos and experimentation. <laughs> I feel that. Are you, uh, are you familiar with uh, anything like velocity of notes or automation clips? Uh, oh yeah, like like different velo- like yeah, different MIDI parameters like velocity. Yeah, is that what you're? Mm-hmm. Is that or was that like a different thing you're talking about? Oh no, that's right. Yeah, the, the strength of each note. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every every MIDI sequence you have can have velocity, and it can have a, some different you know like modulation parameters, and you can edit those. Um, I don't do a whole lot of that because a lot. I guess a lot of the music I like to make is uh, just personally. It's I'll play like a keyboard into a uh, orchestral VST, and so I don't. I'll just kind of play it how I want it to sound. But I think for a lot of people, they get really into. I'm gonna edit each specific note to have the specific velocity, modulation, whatever, and then you end up with exactly the sound you want. Yeah, I get different tonality and I don't know, for lack of a better word, attitude out of my sense when I add velocity because being able to play certain notes quieter. I don't know, it just helps emphasize stuff. Yeah, well, some, Same with hi-hats and snares. Yeah, sometimes it's not just about the, the loudness, though. I mean, you can, you, can, <laughs> no. you can tie other things to the velocity than just loudness, the envelope of your filter or whatever you're doing, so that you end up with a different sound, honestly, than you would if it was just loudness. So it's definitely true. There's all these different aspects to that. It sounds like velocity would be important, so each note doesn't sound like it'd be the same over and over, like <laughs> how electronic music might be imagined when you like (laughs) make it just every single note sounds exactly the same (laughs) so well it just depends on how you want it to sound i think sometimes you want to be expressive and have it sound like it's being played by a human or that it has subtlety yeah other times like sometimes i turn you know uh velocity recognition completely off because i really want it to be every note sounds the same and it's supposed to sound robotic and digital or you know whatever so mm-hmm. i would say it just depends on what you're looking for everything using any software whether you're using uh, final cut pro or logic or fl studio or photoshop 
it, all it is is just, you just you need to learn as much as you can to have the vocabulary to make whatever you want to make. So sometimes you're supposed to make it look, you know, it's the same thing. You can turn auto-tune all the way up and make a voice sound fake. Um, you can tr you can completely blur the skin out in Photoshop. And they're both, you can do it, and sometimes certain things call for that, and other times it doesn't. So it really depends. It's like what you're going for as opposed to what, some people will say it's right and wrong, but other people really know that every tool is just how you use it. It's not necessarily like, I don't know. I think it just depends. There's there's You can find a success story for every different way of using a tool. Mm-hmm. So, Kyler, how do you use a serum with, in your music? That's a great question. I use it for everything. Uh, I use it for chords and synths and uh, 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 wubs, so to speak, for the dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I use it for everything. Um, recent, really, uh, recently, I've just been kind of opening up uh, just a new, uh, new preset from scratch and just making stuff like nice i don't know as nick knows you know the world the sky's the limit so do you like export the, the noises you make and make a, your own set you probably just adjust the you adjust the parameters so you find the sound that you like right yeah there's that and um serum has the option to uh, have two wave tables at once in the sound so which is pretty cool because obviously you can have a square and like a sine wave together. Like, you know, you can import images into Serum like JPEGs, and you can use that as the uh, <laughs> as the um, as the wave file. Hmm. So you can get different sounds from that. You can also manually edit the uh, the fi the, um, the the wave files too in Serum and, and change the uh, change the edges to like a you know it's like a square like a sine cosine, or you can even uh, like there's different automation stuff with Serum. I don't know. It's so cool. I love. I'm like. I'm so happy that I bought it. Every time I use it, because I it, you can use it for anything. I'm actually curious to know what Nick's number one uh, pro, uh, BST is. You know, I'm actually pretty basic. I think for most of the synthesizers that I use, it's it's built in stuff to Logic. Alchemy is great. Dude, it's a, nice. like a, it's a thing like that. Um, they, you know, then there's also a bunch of classic, super basic ones because Logic was based in uh, before Apple bought it. It was still an app, and in the '90s, I forget what the company was name is, but they made Logic, and these these plugins have evolved for a super long time. And so some of them sound really retro and fun, um, but I don't have for that kind of stuff. I use that, and I also use for all my orchestral stuff. I use the East West Symphonic Library. Um, they have a subscription, so I still pay like probably too much money, like uh, <laughs> thirty bucks a month or something, Ooh. because they it gives you. Um, access to almost all of their symphonic library which is just like large i don't even know i'd say probably hundred hundreds of gigabytes of samples um and it's you know you, articulations you know you have a, 10 articulations of violins and then 10 articulations of second violins and then cellos and then so it's really great and i'm not nearly skilled enough to really use it the way it's meant to be used but because i feel like i have 30 bucks to burn i'm gonna just get <laughs> it and so that way when i when i feel like making something and um you can just choose literally whatever orchestral instrument you want and use it, which is pretty fun. So I'd say a third party, probably East West. Nice. Never heard of that. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I feel like there's other ones too, but I'm, you know, it's, this is just like kind of one of my hobbies, but I definitely, I love learning more about this. Like I didn't know anything about serum, so I'm probably going to check that out too. Mm -hmm. So we could uh, go on to the last question. 
Um, do you have a message about paradise or is just just a bunch of words that you're trying to match to a melody? <laughs> I mean, I'd say like it's halfway kind of just a bunch of words because that's uh-huh. kind of how I roll. Um, especially when, when I'm making something, I just need words to fit. And sometimes um, I'll make, it'll start with like a chord progression or a beat or something and I'll just kind of start kind of, you know, singing or saying something over it to get an idea of the melody. But uh, you know, some of those words basically, like I said, I, I wrote them super long ago. So that, But it's kind of just a reflection on being uh living in a place a lot of people consider a paradise you know i'm living in central central california in this beautiful surf town with amazing weather and all these great things and yet you know everybody can find some find aspects of their situation that you know are not great you know people to other people we might live in a paradise here but you know to us we always have our own things going on in our problems and you know anywhere you could find you know, you could say wow you know utah is so beautiful yeah but i'm sure you guys have things to say about that place once you've lived in it <laughs> so I, I think part of that to me is the combination of like living in this little town and wanting more than what it offers but also realizing that there's a familiarity to where i am and it's it's like the balance between loving where you are and wanting more than it mm-hmm. there's a green day song go ahead i'm sorry Oh, that's a similar theme to what you had in the last song, but about your, like, location. For all the notes that I input into my computer, I'm pretty one note, so I have to admit that. <laughs> but, yeah, and, and there is a Green Day song for almost everything. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, in relation to Paradise, there's a Green Day song called Welcome to Paradise, where... Welcome to Paradise. Yeah. yeah, I fucking love that song. At the beginning of the song, I think he says, Dear Mother, Can You Hear Me Laughing? And I think at the end, he says, Dear Mother, can you hear me crying or something? So, yeah, every paradise yeah, absolutely is going to be does. different. That's true. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, in. and I, I think it's, it's interesting, too, because I think that's him talking about, um, I think he lived in Oakland or Berkeley or something. And it was like, I think it was written after after he'd kind of moved out into his own and is living in this place that's this sort of punk paradise of, you know, you're not at home anymore and you're living in. I, yeah, I love that. It's, it's such a great song. The whole album, the first, I don't know if it's the, is that the first Green Day album? Fuck, Duke, is Dookie the believe, first? Yeah, I don't remember. I, um, let's Google it because I'm pretty sure it is. I want to guess that it is, but it's, I don't know. We'll ask our fact checkers at Google. I think it is. No. The first two studio albums, 1039 and Smoothed Out Slappy Hours. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't know that. I have like all of Green Day in my library and I was I don't have it chronologically ordered. I just have, I just have like I remember whatever I listen to, which is mostly <laughs> not all of it. That's true. And yeah, Kerplunk, right? And then Dookie was like the third or fourth or something. Then it was yeah, then there was the um, the album with the the cover over that person's face. It had like nice guys yeah, finish yeah, yeah. last and uh oh, Nimrod. If there's ever something that influenced me, fuck it'd probably be Green Day. Mm. Good times. Anyways, when you when you said that thing about paradise, it just popped in my head. Yeah, I mean that's a definitely not a. It's like a well-tread subject, right? I'm sure like countless people have talked about it, but it's, you know, whenever you live in a place or anything, uh, but I, I just thought it was funny because a lot of people. I have to check myself sometimes in real in, in day-to-day life. Like I always. Um, I, like last winter, it was winter, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can go to the beach today. It's only like 68. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. and then, like, I know I talked to Trevor, and he's like, yeah, it was fucking snowing like all day, and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just puts, it puts everything into perspective when you think, like, hmm, maybe I am living in a pretty nice place in some aspects, at least, mm-hmm. but not, maybe not every aspect. 
Yeah, I mean, some people would say uh, Winter Wonderland, right? Like, that's their paradise. For me, it's like the opposite. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I think maybe some people it's super... Maybe people love winter when it's cold and terrible. I, I don't know. I can't relate, but I don't know. I mean... Do, do any of you guys, like, really love, like, snowy, cold winter? <laughs> <laughs> so I happen to love snow. <laughs> I snow that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would love snow, but only for like a short season, like I don't know, two weeks, and like, oh, this is awesome, but not like five months where I have to like drive through it, like for most of it. Dude, yeah, I can't even imagine. I'm so like, I saw snow for like a day when I went to Lassen, like last spring. I was like, oh, this is. It didn't even feel real. Like, wait, snow is like an actual thing. It's not just in the movies. <laughs> so that was kind of cool, but I, yeah, I don't think I could live with that. I'm so used to. um you know, clear roads and, oh, it's kind of chilly today. Oh, oh, it's in the 50s. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think snow is fine until you're, like, afraid that you'll slip off the road and, like, crash. I'll tell you what. So I'm from Alaska, from Anchorage. Snow is fun until your entire car is covered with it. You can't back out because your car's stuck in snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep my rear-wheel drive ass over here in California until, like, <laughs> for now. At least. Until I get a, a four-wheel drive to, uh... Until until I get a four wheel drive challenger, I'm not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> All this music talk makes me want to make music. I feel that, yeah. Do you ever get that? Like sometimes I'll watch something or I'll hear. Even if you hear something great and you're like, "Wow," I don't, for me, it's almost a competitive thing. Like, yeah, fuck, like this really makes this inspires me. I I, I want to do that, or I want to this. I want to make a beat like that, or I want to. Yeah. I want to do a song like that, and suddenly you get really into it. Sometimes you're in front of your equipment you can just do it and other times you're like well i'll get back to that and then sometimes you do and sometimes you don't but i definitely feel that i was always the one i was always the kind who would and when i was messing around in fl i would be working on a track but then i would start working on something else inside of that track so then i would save it and then open up something else then copy and paste over whatever <laughs> i have from in the piano roll into that and just import it and go from there or sometimes I would have like different version of, versions of songs. Like in FL, you can do save as. Like it'll say, let's say we have Kyler's Project, Kyler's Project. And then I would save as Kyler's Project 1, 2, 3, 4. So I can just continue saving versions of songs. So if I like change something major in a work in progress, I can just go back if I don't end up liking it to the old project kind of situation. Yeah, Kyler has a bunch of versions of songs, and it's really interesting to oh, see gosh, how yeah. they all sound similar, but not at the same time. <laughs> they all sound similar, but they're different. It's different. Nick, you can relate. It's different ideas or unfinished ideas, and then you know the next iteration where you're adding new stuff, or you're experimenting, or you're tweaking stuff, or you're changing, uh, you know, the volumes and like, like oh, this is yeah. this is too loud. Oh, this needs to swell in. <laughs> Oh, this needs to crescendo yeah, it, out. It's funny because I think sometimes it depends on how familiar you are with music production or whatever kind of production. I know for me, um, not even with music, but because I, I work at a photo lab and I do photography professionally, I'm always, um, you know, like, oh, I'm one of the, we only have like two people out of 15 or 10 that can do art reproduction at work because we have to have really, sen we're sensitive to color and we have to put in the original into a color booth and match the painting to the screen and all this stuff. And I'll make an adjustment of like two points on the saturation slider and I'll be like, wow, this is a massive change. And I'm like clicking yeah. it on and off. And then the people who I'm showing it to will be like, what are you doing? I don't see any difference. Yeah, and it's what? not that they're 
not that they're dumb or anything. It's just that they're not like they're not attuned to that difference. So I think it's the same thing with music. You know, you and I'm sure you know, like you could make a change that to you changes a big aspect of your song. Maybe you're changing the reverb on one of the lead parts, or you're changing, you know, four, you know, <laughs> four beats between before the chorus or whatever you're making. And to you, it's like, wow, this big change. And then to other people, they might think, oh yeah, it's the same song. And so sure. it, 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 I always have to remember that to myself of like you know, is this a big change or is it just a big change to me because I wasn't listening to it the same way for two weeks? You know, I think it's interesting to reflect upon a song like that and say, you know, how much of a change is this versus how much is it just big to me because I, I'm able to hear the difference. That and also I've always thought about this. This is a project that you made that you care about that you crafted with your own hands and then other people are listening, but it's not their project. Mm-hmm. That's true. So yeah. people listen to it differently than you would because they may not have that in like intuition of what needs what to get done. What it's supposed to sound like, yeah. So that that's something I'm always thinking about too. Like, oh, check out this project. And I'm like vibing and they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> no, I promise. Like, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, believe me, please. This is this is a good idea. And they're like, oh, but this and that. And you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, disregard that. We're talking about this other aspect. Like, oh, c- cool. Yeah, I know. Well, thanks. Yeah. Took me four hours. I made it before work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes I show my. I like to show my um, some of my unfinished songs to my uh, my boss at work. Because oh, cool. he's super into music and he doesn't make it at all, but he's like a, he just, he had a massive record collection, loves listening to music. So I like to re- just see what he thinks. And it, it's interesting to show your music to people who don't have any idea of what went into it. Because <laughs> I might spend a long time and I might think like, you know, this is going to change a lot if I change this one note in the chorus. Like it really changed the feeling. And the, the, I show it to him and he goes, oh yeah, you just lose all the energy there because it's good. The drum beat goes to halftime. And I'm like, well, I didn't even think about that because I'm so busy thinking about this other aspect. So I, the feedback loop is really interesting when you're so into something. You get so used to what you think, oh, it, it sounds like this because that's how you intended to sound. But until you get fresh ears on it, it's, you know, you don't have a, really a full picture. You get reminded, oh, yeah, it does sound like this, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, until you've, when, when other people can give their feedback. But it's also fucking scary, too, like having other people hear it and then go give their opinions. You're like, yeah, yeah, cool, thanks. But it's, nobody ever hears it the same way you do, which is like a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I agree. No, thank you for uh, being willing to uh, uh, be flexible and record all at the same time. It's yeah, this is fun. It's nice to have the team together. Yeah, look at that. We made it work. <laughs> yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> I'm gonna go make some music as soon. The second we're done, I'm gonna mo- I'm gonna go make music. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right, let's hurry this up. Don't stay up too late. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to start something else. So basically, you're ready to go fucking play Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna hang on with my brother for a bit, but yeah, I'm gonna play Overwatch lately. Oh, that's true. Actually, you're there, so you play Overwatch in like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but it, truly though, it's cool to have a conversation with everybody. It's fun to have every, all four people in the same virtual space for once. This is great. All similar interests, all interested yeah. in each other's topics. What more could you ask for? And all interesting people. Oh, yeah. That's a given. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially me. Yeah, if your last name's Hicken or Chow, yeah. that means you're really interesting. If your last name is Hicken, this is your podcast. So. Yeah, and we're the most interesting. Yeah. Freaking Hickens. Oh, yeah. 
The freaking Higgins. <laughs> yeah, it's a new podcast coming out. Too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, talk later. Yeah, see ya. All right. Bye. See ya. See the trouble in paradise The golden sky, your life's so high You never see the trouble in paradise Golden sky till the day we die Each night your soul is set free It's what you do You turn your back on all that is chasing you And learn to live and love the fools No one knows who you are anymore Not a word so insecure you Try to breathe the sun still watching you Each night your soul is set free And you are living in the dark Your secret is safe And sorrow won't be holding you down Beneath the surface you escape